Today's episode of The Media Files is supported by Lift Period. Lift Period provides first-time menstruators with everything they need to prepare them for their first period. This is a new and exciting time in your child's life, and Lift Period is determined to give your child a better experience of starting their period than any of you had. No more embarrassing conversations or hiding tampons up their sleeve. Periods aren't weird or gross, and Lift Period is here to help them celebrate, not just tolerate. Buy a box today at liftperiod.com and use code MEDIAFILES5 to get $5 off. That's liftperiod.com. For me, it's 9.01 p.m. on March 17th, 2022, but for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair is host of the Who's Lauren podcast and founder and CEO of LiftPeriod.com, which you just heard an ad for at the beginning of this episode. Lauren, welcome back to The Media Files. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. You are actually here this time. Last time I went to you, when you've been on the podcast before. Yes. But you've never been in the RPG era Media Files studio. It's amazing. Thank you. It's incredible. Years building this. What you have done decorating, it's incredible. That was mostly Susan at the front desk. (laughs) She's got an eye for it. Um, (laughs) So good. The basket of socks was mostly her idea. (laughs) How about the bras? It's Those are Susan's, actually. Yeah. Um, It is a it is a running gag that this is a an elite recording studio. Oh, okay. And clearly, it's just my closet. <laughs> it's wonderful, isn't it, it? Great, I love it. The acoustics are good. The, everything gets soaked it's up. Perfect. And a happy St. Patty's Day too. Hey, you too. Are Thanks. you wearing green? My socks. Oh, that's right. Do you know what do you think these socks are? Without without me before uh, I show you, Ninja Turtles. They're not Ninja Turtles. That was a good guess. Most people think they're the Grinch. Oh yeah, they they're not the Grinch. Grinch. It's green. actually uh, it's. Slimer from Ghostbusters. Oh, it does look like Grinch even from here. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah, so it's actually Slimer from Ghostbusters. Nice. Big fan of these socks. Love it. I think I got them from my sister. But anyways, that Love that it. was my green today. This is my tiny bit of green. Oh, I was what? What a, shame. what a shame she went mad. You know, I just love it. I love that. Isn't it good? It's so good. Isn't it so good? Topical for today's episode? Oh, yes. Whoa. I didn't even mean that. It's just the only green I had. That's <laughs> What a shame she went mad. What a shame she went mad. Let's go ahead and get started in this. We are talking today about turning red. Turning Red is the newest film from Disney Pixar and was released on Disney Plus in the United States on March 11th, 2022. 
Mei Lin Lee is a 13-year-old Chinese-Canadian student in 2002 Toronto who notices that her body is suddenly going through changes, namely that whenever she experiences intense emotions, she turns into a giant red panda. She navigates teenage lust, friendship, family life, schoolwork, and everything that sucks about being 13. Turning Red stars the voice talents of Rosalie Chang, Sandra Oh, Ava Morse, Hyun Park, Maitreyi Ramakrishnan, Orion Lee, James Hong, and others. It was directed by Domi Shi, who you might know from the 2018 Oscar-winning animated short film Bao. I am... So I text you right after I watched this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to have somebody else on for this episode. Well, you texted me right after I Insta-storied about it. Well, it was also like right after oh, I had okay, watched okay. it. And I was like, you know what? I want Lauren for this episode for reasons we'll get to. But before we get to any of that, Lauren, what are your overall thoughts on Turning Red? Oh my gosh. It was so good. It is so good. It's so good. I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I was not in the mood to watch a kid's movie at the moment, um, but I heard so much controversy about it and everyone kept like specifically asking me, what did you think about it, Lauren? Like, We're dying to know what you think about it because of what's in the movie. And I was like, oh, like I don't even really want to watch this right now, but I feel like I owe it to all of you people to tell you what I think about it. You know it. what, though? And you can be, you can usually feel really comfortable when Disney Pixar puts out a film that's at least going to be entertaining. Yeah. At the very least. Oh, for sure. Because it always has adult humor. To right. Some, it's going over kids' The animation or is bananas. Yeah. Yes. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it says something that I wasn't even in the mood for it. And I watched it because of the controversy, wondering right. what it was going to be. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was so good. Super good. I I think I went into this pretty optimistic. I liked the trailers that I saw. I liked... That was another thing is I never saw a trailer for it. I didn't even know about it. Yeah. Th- this one didn't have a ton of marketing behind mm-hmm. it. I felt like last year's movies when we had, you know, leading up to like Luca mm-hmm. and Encanto and Raya and the Last Dragon, especially Raya, the marketing for those movies was insane. Yeah. And this one was a lot more quiet. And I've and I I've got theories, mm-hmm. conspiracy theories okay. on why that okay. might be and we'll we'll talk about that a little later, but I loved this movie. And there was a lot going in. First of all, I this is the first Disney Pixar film solely directed by a woman. Yes. Which is that amazing? It's also insane that it took this long. This is their twenty fifth mm-hmm. film. So twenty four films that have not been directed by a woman. And it's not that Hollywood has a dearth of woman directors mm-hmm. either. Mm-mm. I don't know as much about the animated scene and how that what the director, you know, kind of landscape looks like there. But women directors have been pretty prominent in terms of the Oscars and highly regarded films for the past decade. Mm-hmm. And it is it is kind of crazy. And, and of course, you have to remember that producing a movie, and especially an animated film, is four to five years minimum at the making. And so mm-hmm. if they, you, you know, you do have to remove the conversation four to five years backwards to say, okay, where were they then? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. but at the same time, it's crazy that we've had 24 films up to this point, but I think that a lot of that sensibility comes through in this movie too, and I think a lot of the message and tone of this movie, especially from the you know, from from the perspective of a 13-year-old girl, mm-hmm. a male director couldn't have done that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, I mean, in in some senses, the director, uh, Domei Shi, says that some of this is autobiographical, you know? Yeah. And you can see, I mean, there's so much personal touch put into this movie. Well, and did you see that she's our same age? And so it was so funny watching it. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, this was me as a 13-year-old. And then I checked to see the director was born in 87. I was like, oh, because it is us. Because it is you, It was when we were in middle school. There's there's a lot about the animation here that, like I said, she directed Bao from a couple years ago. Have you seen that short mm-hmm. film? Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So good. Makes me ball. So good. And, and I think that that was the first of their animated short films that hit me on like a really personal level. And then a year or two ago, they did the one Float, where the kid was floating away. Mm-hmm. And and so anyways, I, knowing that director coming into this, knowing that we're going to get some sort of really good emotionally told story about family, children, mm-hmm. um, the dynamic between those two, right? I think she really nails it. Oh. I do. The animation's great. The score is great. For Town, this, uh, this boy band, is so good. And I think it's like the best fake music that we've had in a movie since a goofy movie since Powerline. Listen, is it supposed to be O-Town? It's... Is it supposed to be them? Because I think it is. I mean, I mean, there's clear, like, O-Town slash Backstreet Boys slash... Yeah, but I feel like it's real O-Town. There's definite some in sync, too, when they're Mm -hmm. like, there's there's this guy who does this and this guy who does this and then these guys who are just cool. And they just kind of dance and sing, right? (laughs) Um... But really super well done. And somebody who really understood that early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s boy band craze on a level that connected with it, you mm-hmm. know, that comes through here. And and like you said, the, the director is us. We are. Yeah. I was born mm-hmm. in 86. You were born in 87. 87 and Domi, yeah. she's born in 87. And there was so much about Malin's character that even even though she is in you know like a, a Chinese Canadian girl, mm-hmm. as an American boy, I still connected with yeah. right the embarrassment of of a mom Parents, that's that's yeah. doing things that are d- totally unthinkable yeah right and that I mean as a parent now thinking like I hope I never do that yeah, right yeah. <laughs> but I could see myself doing yeah. that also you out have of the perspective of a parent now. Right. As, as as sometimes probably an overbearing parent, or when people look at me and they say, wow, he's overbearing, right? I don't think that I am, but I could see myself in those situations. Mm-hmm. But I can also f- remember what it was like to be in Maylin's situation as well. Yeah. And that was crazy. And I think it's the first time, you know, there, there's been glimpses of this in other movies, like with Encanto or like with um, Toy Story 3 and 4, where there's some themes that are definitely directed to an older generation. But this is the first time where I felt like this movie was specifically made by somebody like me and for somebody like me to understand what that was like again. And that was, I think that was the craziest part. It was so deep. There were so many things. I was just so impressed with so, like, there were so many themes we were, we were watching play out in the movie. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There were so many, like, oh my gosh, I remember feeling like that. Oh my gosh. And then she hits you over the head with like, oh my gosh, and that's what I feel like today. And like, ah, it was just so good. She like hit me as a 13 year old, as a 34 year old. Like she got me everywhere. And I was like, wow, like, how did she do that? It was so good. Totally. The, the metaphor of 
a 13-year-old turning into a monster, Mm -hmm. right? Well, it's a panda, right? But a giant red panda. And something that's important to... and angry. Right. But also sweet and cuddly at times. Mm -hmm. That metaphor, I think, worked absolutely perfectly for me. Mm -hmm. And I've... One sh- one movie we didn't cover on the media files was Encanto. It because of the release schedule, it mm. came out on Disney Plus later, and then we were caught in the middle of some Christmas episodes. Yeah, and so we never covered that episode, even though a lot of people reached out and said, "Are you going to talk about Encanto?" And I have watched Encanto. Obviously, I've watched Encanto. Um, but a lot of similar themes explored in that movie, especially mm-hmm. in terms of kind of that intergenerational trauma, trauma mm-hmm. and how parents react to their children and stuff like that. Um, those the the way that that movie handled what ultimately was a single theme. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm going to get people. People are going to unsubscribe from the media files for this. Really? I thought was clumsy. In Encanto. There are parts of it. I think Encanto is a great movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the best animated film of last year. I don't even think it's the best Disney Pixar film of last year. I was a huge Luca fan. Um, But it was a good movie. Mm -hmm. It was a good movie. And it tells its story well, but I thought it was clumsy in how it dealt with the house and the breaking and all of that. Mm -hmm. This, I didn't feel that way. I thought that the metaphor was so clear. And like you said, it it encapsulates so many different things it encapsulates you know the changing of a body in puberty right it encapsulates the emotions that you go through when you're 13 it talks about like i said awakening oh my gosh and 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 kind of weird to have that in a disney pixar film or not maybe not weird but unexpected I would think, Mm -hmm. but still tackles it really, really well. And so relatable and so like, it was almost like an out-of-body experience of like, oh my gosh, yes, that is how it felt. Like all of a sudden, oh, he is looking good. Holy cow, what's wrong with me? Oh my gosh. Like you, it is this like overnight change. And a lot of times we mourn girls becoming women and having thoughts like that. And like thinking of girls being any sort of sexual anything is uncomfortable for us. But now, as like adults we can look back and be like oh yeah like that's the start of that time of your life like where you start thinking about crushes and that kind of stuff and not to not to give anything away about this movie but the when you finally see what she's drawing in her notebook of the the, the clerk in yeah, the yeah. store i'm dying <laughs> so i'm dying and and it's that's it was so specific <laughs> that what she drew i'm like she definitely drew this as a 13-year-old. Like, <laughs> like the director did this at one point. It's and it's so funny, but so also so terrifying, you know? And 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 like you said, relatable in a way that I don't feel like I've experienced before mm-hmm. in these kinds of movies. Because it's it's like so it was like she was so honest with her cringy teenage moment that oh, yeah. all of us want to just forget like we want to burn all of those old letters that we wrote to friends and folded up and gave and whatever we want those to go away and we didn't live with social media back then so a lot of it has gone away but uh yeah she brought it back to life the older i get the more i lean into like that cringiness too and sometimes i remember something i've done i'm not going to talk about them on air people will unsubscribe and never (laughs) listen again if they if they hear some of the things i've said (laughs) They will never listen again. But, you know, like I like I said, the and I and I, I don't want to keep relating this to Encanto, but like there are similar themes. There are sim- yeah. similar motives being grasped here. 
And in Encanto, I was, you know, the the real villain of the story, at least to me, is Abuela. Yeah. Who's caused all of that trauma between yeah, the sure. family. And I didn't feel that way about the mom in Turning Red. There is a lot wrong in the relationship that's going on, but mom ends up being a very sympathetic character. And as an adult now, mm-hmm. relatable in a lot of ways. Oh, for right? sure. When, and small spoilers, you know, uh, for, for the end of the movie here, when she shows up at the end of the movie mm-hmm. at the concert. Mm-hmm. The way that she is, again, so metaphorical, but so on the nose and 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 just perfectly pictures what I what I could imagine being like mm-hmm. in that situation. Again, kind of the villain, but so sympathetically relatable. Well done. Well, especially I guess we're not doing any spoilers. I don't know how much that you do. Go, OK, you know what? A little spoilers. Go ahead. OK, sorry. A little bit. Spoilers. Everybody's watched it. <laughs> OK. Um, When she sees her mom as a little girl. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That part. My goodness. That was inner child work. That was happening right there, which is so funny because we are the first generation, I swear, that like really values therapy and we really value like doing this hard work that's not fun at all. But also we see that it's necessary to stop, you know, patterns of abuse or patterns of, you know, generational trauma. And so for her to see her mother... As a little girl just like her, I felt was like like her finally letting go of that anger she had towards her mother. Like, oh my gosh, like you are just as hurt, you, oh, or yeah. if not more hurt than I ever was. Man, you just, and we talked before we started about things we were going to forget to talk about because there's so much to talk about this movie. I think that it is, it's an hour and 40 some minutes mm-hmm. and jam packed full yes. of things to talk about. <laughs> But the 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 expectations, the unrealistic expectations that you feel like you have to live up to to earn your parents' love and trust, unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> the way crying. that it handles that yes. is so well done. Mm-hmm. It's so clear, and it's and it's not forced. Mm-hmm. You can tell that there's a relatability there, and I loved it. Oh, you know what I loved? Just going off of that, I this is another spoiler, so I'm so sorry, but we have to talk about how happy her ancestor was. So good, At the right? End, the she chose what she chose and the ancestor like grabbed her hand like finally someone is doing this like she was so excited <laughs> for her and like I think about that all the time all the times that I don't know I'm probably like disappointing you know my mother or grandmother or whatever right. I think of my ancestors that are on the other side of the veil or however you believe this like next life to be and I wonder if they're like just push through it Lauren it's right. okay it's okay you keep going and I like oh my gosh when that part happened I was like in tears like oh my gosh I know someone is cheering me on and I think I think that hits you and I are not Asian mm-hmm. or Asian descended nope. um but I I lived in Japan for a few years and the in the I at least a little bit in in parallel understand just how important that ancestral relationship is. But I mean, you and I are in a similar culture as well, where Mm -hmm. our culture and our religion, Mm -hmm. too, does kind of venerate our ancestors and we do hold them in high regard. Not the same way that Asian cultures do, mm-hmm. but, but similar. kind of kind of similar mm-hmm. ways. And, and so that that definitely does hit home, I think, for us also. You mentioned at the beginning that there are and have been some controversies surrounding this movie. I mentioned that um, the marketing for this movie has been kind of low, I think, relative to other movies. This movie originally was going to be a theatrical release before it was pulled from theaters about three months ago, and they announced it was coming straight to Disney+. Plus. I believe that it has 
has to do with the messages in this movie. I, I believe, and I don't know. I have no, I have no sources yeah, for this, yeah. but I, I have to believe that in the Disney offices prior to, you know, leading up to the release of this film, they say, you know what? We mention periods in this movie. We mention puberty. We mention lust. Yeah. Right. Let's just put it on Disney Plus. Maybe we'll skate around some controversy there. I have to believe that that oh, was part of this. Oh, you think they were trying to skate around it? I do. And not say, hey, there's going to be a lot of controversy anyway, so we're going to be yeah. blowing up Reddit anyway. Nope. I think I think they wanted to pull it from theaters for that reason. Interesting. Because I was starting to wonder, because I saw nothing wrong with it, I went in with oh. the eye of like, what what's the controversy? And I didn't see it for a while. And I was so confused that I thought, did they just, like, say that there was controversy? Like, is this really happening? They're there, pushing it, yeah. Are there actual moms out there that are, you know, mad that their six-year-old son heard about a period? Like, surely no one. Like, we are 2022. We have, I have three sons. I have zero daughters. Mm-hmm. Lindsay was concerned going into this movie because of controversy, mm-hmm. right? Because of things that might happen in this movie. And I said, you know what? It's a Disney Pixar film. It's not going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead. Let's watch it. We watched the whole movie. Zero problems whatsoever, mm-hmm. both between Lindsay and I and our children, mm-hmm. our sons. Yeah. It was fine. And I think I went in with the same mindset was, what is this controversy, right? What what should I be looking for here? And finding nothing. Yes. I was very unoffended by this mm-hmm. movie. I thought everything was very tasteful in this movie. The only thing that I brought up to you was that they do say at the end, my panda, my choice. Which went right over my head. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Also, it has that, that's been part of the controversy, I, I guess, is that quote? I, I don't, yeah. But I also have... way out of context from whatever it could be taken else to be mm-hmm. and so again no controversy I, mean, yeah. I mean no no qualms on my part yeah no when i finished the movie i was like literally had no idea what the controversy was and then cameron my husband said well they did say my panda my choice and i was like oh yeah i guess they did say that so if that's what people are right over to, my head um i found it interesting because i saw several tweets from people saying you know i can't believe my sons watch this whatever and I found that really interesting. And I get it. I have a period business and I talk about periods all the time. I talk about, you know, bodies changing. And so I'm very open with my kids about it. Absolutely. And so my kids didn't skip a beat. They were like excited to see the mom gathering period supplies. They were like, oh, look. Look, mom, it's you. Yes, exactly. They were like so excited about it because they know all about periods. Put them in a box. Ship them to people. And I just. <laughs> Let's make a profit. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Um, so I didn't know if it was just like, oh, this just happens to be the thing that I do or whatever. Right, and, right. and that's why. But I thought even if this wasn't, what an awesome opportunity if your kids did say, what is she doing? Like, what is the mom freaking out about? What is she? What's in her arms or whatever? Like, I guess I just don't understand how that's controversial uh, to bring up things that ha- you have to have that conversation with your child. At absolutely. Some point. Absolutely. And what an easy way to hand you that opportunity to say, oh, girls start bleeding when they're, you know, 12 years old-ish, and this is how, you know, like, what an easy way to have that conversation. I almost felt like they should be grateful that you just handed it to them like Well, that. and it's not crass. No, not at all. It's not gross. No. Nothing about, nothing about what happens in the context of this movie Mm-mm. is done distastefully, Mm-mm. I didn't feel. And, and again, not a period-having person myself, not a mm-hmm. menstruating person myself myself and none of my children either but my wife is mm-hmm. and she was pretty happy with it also mm-hmm. she was pretty 
pretty happy with how that was all handled. Well, and and she goes, well, what if our what if the boys ask about periods? I said, then we talk to them about periods. Mm-hmm. You have them, and again, even as boys, they're going to have to know that that's a thing. Yeah, and so that would be a fine. You know, I I after we watched Raya and the Last Dragon, we had discussions about you know loyalty and nations and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Right after we watched Onward. Mm-hmm. Which was my favorite movie of so 2020. Good. Cameron's probably crying as you I, mention it. That was my that was my number one movie of 2020. So good. After we watched Onward, we had discussions with the boys about brotherly love mm-hmm. and about sticking together through hard times. Those are very important conversations to have. And I thought that the vehicle of the film was a really good opportunity to bring up those topics. If turning red can be that vehicle for other people also, mm-hmm. I don't see the issue. Especially when a topic like generational trauma, maybe your six-year-old's not ready for that kind of Absolutely. conversation. Like, Absolutely. I, I feel like the the director just gave you these different options. Like, hey, your kid's this old. Here's something you could mention to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? You're going into your 30s and having a hard time with expectations of parents and grandparents. Here you go. Like, this is for you, mom. So <laughs> you know good. what I mean? So I, I just... Just, and it's funny, too, because sometimes I think, oh, we're so far with period talk and, you know, menstruation. And, like, I'm just so proud. Like, we're, you know, we are, we've come so far. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then hearing the controversy and reading the tweets of people that were so upset about it, I was like, oh, my gosh, we have so much work to Absolutely, do. Absolutely, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like, we're so, we're that upset of a mother grabbing tampons and pads and saying it's going to be okay. For her daughter. Yes. Yeah. Like, how are we upset by this? Oh, my gosh. You have tweets. Yeah. You've screenshotted tweets that, that people have uh, tweeted about Turning Red. Mm-hmm. What do we have? One I have here is PSA. I watched Turning Red with my boys this weekend. Boys are ages 9 and 13. They had tons of questions regarding girls and their periods. I wish there had been a warning before watching it. Anyone else? Like A warning? Like warning. a trigger warning? <laughs> like what? What is this? Oh, it's just... Oh, boy. It's a problem. I watched it with my six year six, five, and three year old, and I was fine without the warning. It's funny too, because I feel like I mentioned that we hate girls turning into women, and I feel like people had a very hard time seeing a girl become a sexual being. Sure. And we tend to do that all the time. Like, don't even get me started on how we loved Taylor Swift when she was all innocent and singing country music, and we got real pissed. When I want to. I want to say. I want to say too that that sexual encompassing a, a term that encompasses so much more than yes. sex. Yes. Right. Oh, I, I, absolutely. Even just in terms of your body changing. Yes, just having a crush on a boy and realizing, oh, I think I kind of You have attractions, yes. Yes. So the very, very beginnings of sexual awakening. Watching Maylin and her friends in this movie, too. It was so good. I knew that was you. And and Bridget and Carly and Carly. That was I. I knew those people. It's so good. Oh my goodness, it's so true. Like we could just see ourselves in that, and even if it was cringy. Oh, I actually have a tweet. It says, "Don't kill the part of you that's cringe. Kill the part of you that cringes." And I loved that. Like, why do we have to be so embarrassed? Oh, I hate that. Oh, you hate that? Cringing is my favorite thing. Thinking about those cringy stories in my life and like cringing again or watching other people do cringy things and like cringing. Okay, 
so you you like that because it says don't kill the part of you that's cringe. Oh, okay. Oh, well, kill, I guess so. Kill the part of you that cringes. Like, why are you cringing? Like, it's funny. Like, okay, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. But those situations are my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Okay. So you were game for this movie. You loved it. Oh, absolutely. It just brought back all of our cringiest middle school moments, which is so funny because that's when we met. We did school. meet middle school, we sixth met grade. in this grade at this time of this movie. Oh you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, that is... Yeah. This That's what I mean. I, I I knew these girls and in this movie. And it's cringy. But look at us all these years later, and now we're working on the generational trauma. <laughs> we're like, we We're made fine. It. <laughs> we're doing okay. Right? We're okay. <laughs> we're crying. <laughs> crying in the closet. <laughs> Amazing. Any more tweets? Um, some things that I did have on here. Uh, someone says, I haven't watched it yet, but my 12-year-old daughter has type 1 di- diabetes, and I watched it with her friend. The fact that it had a kid in the background with sporting an insulin pump in plain sight was an A plus in my book. This was a positive one. Whoa, I didn't even... Right? Isn't that awesome? That, I didn't notice that at all. I loved that. Was that a plot point? No. Did they talk about it? No, they never talked about it. It was just in the background. Just a okay. representation. Oh, no, I think that's Isn't great. that awesome? Yeah. Someone said... And Did they have those when we were like in middle school? Yeah. Is this a... They had insulin pumps when we were in middle school? Like, Yes. I feel like that's newer than that. I feel like we're going to have to Google that. I feel like this is a time faux pas on no. the director's part. Insulin. Are we going to look it up now? Yeah. When were insulin pumps invented? It's going to say, well, it's going to say like 1970, <laughs> but we weren't using them until 29. 1963. See, yeah, that doesn't count. Okay, maybe they were invented. I don't know. But that no, I think that's great because I didn't notice at all that there was a character mm. with an insulin pump. That's Which that's is funny. great just to see representation. Absolutely. And kids seeing themselves on the screen. Um, someone said, the teens not uh, conforming to gender stereotypes or being sexualized with unrealistic body expectations. Yeah. I also loved that. They just did not. Yeah, there was no, which is so funny because that's what people are so angry about. In Like, that's what I'm hearing is people right. are angry about her becoming a sexual being. Sure. But the the artists did not sexualize their bodies. Oh, not at all. Not at all. They were regular bodies, regular, like, isn't it funny? Because I watch teenagers these days and I'm like, you guys don't even have an ugly, like, time period. How are you guys not ugly? We got to be ugly for a little bit. I'm so mad. Because <laughs> we were all so ugly for I was so long. For so long. <laughs> I see high schoolers now and I'm like, Contouring you guys are, better than you guys I- are beautiful. <laughs> nice haircuts. I spiked my hair with gel. Yes, you did. Yes, you I remember did. Remember when you did the froop up? Yeah, everyone did. We had the little ski slope <laughs> in the front. These kids are like blow drying their hair. Oh my goodness. Yes. So to see. And you know what? You know what? I, I do have to say the, Oh my gosh. The animation blew me away. There are parts of this movie that get so close to like anime art style. Oh, yeah, yeah. With some of the characters, the way their eyes look, the way their mm-hmm. mouths are shaped. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's it's so far beyond that just being a type of animation and so much more of the director's input in what she saw when she was 13. You yeah. know, so great. It's I so loved good. that. And it's, the first time you see that in Disney Pixar, too, as a fan of anime to some degree also, mm-hmm. totally loved that. Oh, the whole thing. It's just so good. Okay. Then the impossible question. Everything we talk about, we do give a totally stupid and utterly arbitrary rating to. Lauren, how do you arbitrarily rate Turning Red? Listen, 
instead of five stars, yeah. I give it five menstrual cups. No. What? You give it $5 off lift period box by <laughs> using code media files. Yes. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Menstrual cups like Bloody Buddies. Yeah. Lindsay loves them. Does she? Loves it. Oh, that makes me so happy. Loves it. I, it's amazing. I've got mine in right now. It's incredible. I didn't... They go in the microwave sometimes. Yeah, you can sterilize them in the microwave. That's what she did. And I didn't know what it was. Oh, a little shot glass. <laughs> No, I was like, what is this? And it was like, it was just floating in a cup of water. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And she's not home. She like, she's one of those people oh, that microwaves and bounces. <laughs> Three hours later, there's a cup of tea like s- sitting in the, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Uh, I would rate this movie a very deep shade of red. Oh, a very good. deep that's shade of good. red, because because I think the more the more I think about this movie, the more I dissect the individual parts of this movie, the deeper it becomes in certain ways. And the more I really appreciate what they did. I will say, I don't I don't think that this movie is going to go down in the history of like great Disney Pixar films. I think it will be forgotten in terms of, you know, their great movies that they've ever done because they don't have the cute sidekick character that they can make merch out of. Right. Mm -hmm. They don't have the, 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 we don't talk about Bruno that they can play on the radio 9,000 times. Mm -hmm. They don't have that in order Mm -hmm. to keep the lasting power. Yeah. But I do think it's one of the better ones I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. I think it's, It's like I said, I think it's better than a, Kanto, I think it was better than Raya, and it rivals Luca for me. It's, I loved Luca. It's very interesting to me that you uh, like it so much more than Encanto. Trust me, I love this movie, but I would put it right with Encanto because I I'm, felt like they did such a good job with the generational trauma. I'm very much a unicorn with Encanto. Yeah, I, there were there were certain. I, and like I said, everybody's like you hated Encanto. No, I loved Encanto. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like they're very similar, and so it's funny very to me that you think Encanto did it sloppy because I'm like, what are you freaking talking about? I know. Like I said, people are going to stop listening yeah, to me forever. Yeah, they can't yeah. take my. But, Go buy a lift period box before you stop listening. Liftperiod.com. <laughs> use code MediaFiles, $5. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for being here. This was so Super fun. fun. Happy St. Patty's Day. What a uh, what a lucky coincidence we've had to have you here today. I know. This two weeks in a row. Two weeks. Yeah. And Did if you didn't listen, listen, they should have. If you didn't listen, I was on the Who's Lauren podcast last week. We do talk about a lot of things on that episode we don't talk about on the media files, like vasectomies. That was the, uh, the, so uh, good, the main topic. And if you want to hear... My story of my vasectomy, very personal story, <laughs> but we do don't go listen. into it's so good. We go into graphic detail about my vasectomy, <laughs> and we do talk about that on last week of Who's Lauren. That's the name of the podcast. But that's all the time we've got. We want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of the Media Files, and thank you again, Lauren, for being here this week. Please let me come back. I love it. Absolutely. The Media Files is provided by RPGera.com. Technical assistance is provided by Brian. The producers are Jacksack and Zanku. I'm on Instagram at Brustoff. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H. Or at the RPG Era Discord with the link in the show description. Lauren, where can you be found? Uh, I'm at Lauren R. Busby on Instagram and lift.period on Instagram, TikTok, and all the places you can find us, as well as liftperiod.com. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to. And until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later.